Hi, I'm Chris McBrien, a Gen Xer, and the pop culture from my generation is awesome. And I'm Yance Eaton, a millennial, and the pop culture from my generation is dope. Episode 51, our favorite cartoons. Chris McBrien here, along with Yancey Eaton. As always, you can always reach us on Twitter at Yancey Eaton or at C McBrien. McBrien is I-E-N. Or head over to the website, popgoesyourworld.com. All of our contact information is there. Reach out to us. You know, we'd be glad to hear from you. Before we get started this week, Yancey, I just have to say, piggybacking on last show, um, you know, it's just something that you mentioned, and and I've got some, you know, from feedback on this, and, and I thought about it at the time, too. But, dude, you really, you're 6'2", 220? I, I don't think I said I was six two. If I did, I was accidentally lying. But yes, I am six foot one, and I'm actually a little heavier than two twenty right now. Much to uh, my wife's chagrin. Yeah, I'm, I'm about two twenty five. Okay, a, so, so you're, okay, so yeah. you're six one, two twenty five. I just think it's amazing because the thing is, again, we always talk about peeling back the curtain. You know about the way that we do things around here. You and I yeah, have how never the sausage is made. Yeah, exactly, exactly how we how we do things around here. Um, you and I have never, never actually physically met. We've never been in the exact same space and like shook each other's hands and looked in each other's eyes. We've never. Actually Correct. Uh, not as of yet, and not for lack of trying. And, and we it's certainly will. Happen. Yeah, it will. You know, as I mentioned before, you're invited. You know, to come up to Canada sometime for a vacation. I'll try and make my way down there to Florida at some point for sure. Um, you know, Canadians, we go down to Florida all the time, right? It's all good. But the thing is, like, I've just got to say, like, so not knowing you, like, physically, you know what I mean? Like, like, you know, where mm-hmm. I've actually met you, just seeing your picture and stuff like that, and hearing your voice and stuff like that. I seriously was floored. When you said that you're six one two twenty, because like no offense, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but dude, you look like I'm you're baby tw- face. You look like yes. you're twelve. You look like yes. you're twelve. I just can't believe that you're six one two twenty five. That's amazing. And I was getting feedback from people, emails, and some tweets that were kind of the same thing. So, uh, so I just thought I'd just pass that along to you. I just I cannot believe that you're that big. Yep, I I'm big, and you know my whole family, my brother, my dad as well. Um, you know we're all the exact same height, but we don't we don't look as heavy as we are like if you you know if you if i say i'm 225 i think people's minds kind of go like they they fill out a body shape and i don't know why we're talking about this so much but um (laughs) i i I don't look like i weigh 225 pounds but i assure you every single bit of it is there it's just i don't know it's it's one of those things i get that a lot i I tell people that i have you know the the face of like a 14 year old and i get carted everywhere but i also like am losing my hair so like i have like the hairline of like a 40 year old man so it's just I've got a lot going for me is what I'm saying. It's just a, it's a really, really exceptional look. So <laughs> I guess it's awesome. Dude. Yep. Anyway, uh, so are you ready to get started and get into our topic this week? We mentioned last week we were going to do Interstellar and the movie review. Mm-hmm. We're going to come back next week and do that. Okay. So this week we're going to take a little sidetrack. We decided one thing that we obviously love is cartoons and we have a big, you know, sort of varied background on that. You and I are completely different on the cartoons we like. So we thought it'd be fun if we looked at some of our favorite cartoons. You want to get started? I am more than ready to get started. Let's, Let's go. I didn't see it back in 1984, obviously, because I wasn't porn. There was basically one way for young teenage boys to see boobs. Oh, my. Chris, this is a hard endorse. Millennials can see boobs whenever they want. My least favorite movie that you have recommended for me to watch. The Love Boat. A movie that did not age particularly well. Back in the 70s and 80s, you know, Yancey. Frontal nudity. There was not the same level of grooming in hygiene that exists now. <laughs> or topless women. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's my uncle up there. I am so proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I think maybe I should try and watch a millennial show. 
Okay, Yancy, I'm going to let you kick us off. Let's do a top five this week. We're going to mention our favorite cartoons. I think they're going to be wildly different. The one thing I will say is of my five, I can two of them you've heard of for sure. One of them I might even say might even be on your list, but I can guarantee I will lay money down. Okay, that this 6'1", 225 guy on the other side of the microphone (laughs) has never heard of three of these shows. I can guarantee you've never heard of three of them. But anyway, so you want to start us off. What's your number five cartoon of all time? I'm dying to know what these are from a millennial point of view. Okay, so number five for me is the comedy or the uh, Adult Swim comedy that is called Rick and Morty. I don't know if you've seen it, Chris. I don't know it. I don't even know what it is. Rick and Morty, Chris, I was late to the game. I only just recently started watching it, um, but I can see this becoming one of my favorite shows, if not my most favorite show of all time. And I I don't use hyperbole when I'm saying that. It is an animated uh, cartoon that profiles the life of a the universe's most brilliant scientist. His name is Rick Sanchez, and he does all kinds of experiments and and fools around with time travel and multiverses and all these things, and he has adventures with his grandson, Morty. Um, It sounds like a really dorky premise, but it is a cartoon for adults, um, and it is, it touches on every single real-life scenario you can possibly imagine. You know, really dark stuff like um, addiction and depression and just nihilism in general, you know, struggling to find meaning in the universe, and um, there's so many different, like, really, really interesting storylines to this and it's one of those things where you know the main character rick like i said he's this mad scientist and he's trying to find meaning and purpose and he tries to give off this you know this facade that he doesn't care about his family or he doesn't care about life and you know like i said nihilistic viewpoint that nothing really has meaning but it's one of the most clever like beautiful beautifully animated just really really sharp witty i i want you to watch it and really pay attention to the dialogue between these two characters because there are very very big overarching themes kind of like with south park which is going to get a little bit of love in this segment too but um it's just a really well done uh animated feature the last couple of years it started to blow up uh you know it was it used to be like a hipster thing but it's becoming a little bit more mainstream and people are really starting to jump on board with it and uh it's one of those things where i i hope this becomes like the simpsons because there's some absolute magic in this and uh yeah, I'm, I'm going to make it my number five with a tentative uh, little note that it's going to be moved up eventually just because there's not that many seasons out yet. But it is a fantastic, fantastic show. So I was a little long on that, but Rick that's and Morty. Okay. That's we're we're going to have an interesting conversation tonight because you mentioned one there, South Park, mm-hmm. that is one of my favorite TV shows of all time. But the thing is, I'm, I'm taking a different approach with this because I thought I figured you'd come up with these some of these other ones, these newer ones. Mm-hmm. And, and instead of going toward uh, any cartoons that were sort of adult based, which obviously South Park is, I went the other way. And I, I always like to go, you know, I like to go back in time. So I went back in time to when I was a kid. And again, as I mentioned on a previous show, you know, back in my day, Yancey, the only time that you could watch <laughs> cartoons was Saturday morning. That was it. Yep. You know, for the most part. Like, if you wanted to watch cartoons, it was Saturday morning from like, you know, eight in the morning until about noon. And then the live action shows started, right? So that was the only time you got to, to watch cartoons. And so I always think when I think of cartoons, I usually go back to that time. And when mm-hmm. I was like, you know, seven, eight years old, and I, you know, I just loved Saturday mornings watching cartoons before I'd go and play road hockey, you know, which is like another Canadian thing. We'll get into another time. But anyway, it, when I would watch cartoons, um, that's where it kind of took me back. So that's where I went. But we'll talk about some of those other shows, obviously, later. I'm sure you're going to get into them. So my number mm-hmm. five is a show. It was a cartoon called Godzilla, and it's obviously based on Godzilla. It only ran for two seasons, 78 and 79, got canceled. But then it, they played it a lot afterwards. I used to always watch it. Funny, I just mentioned um, Saturday mornings. But sometimes on Saturday afternoons, they play some cartoons as well. And this one I used to always watch in the afternoon. And so basically, it's this like this kind of research vessel vessel called the Calico. And there were these scientists on it. And then they would go out Mm -hmm. and get into all these adventures. And then they would call on Godzilla. But the flip 
on this, the way they flipped it was Godzilla was good. You know, unlike in the, in the movies and stuff where Godzilla was bad, right? You know, Godzilla mm-hmm. was good and he would come and he would help them and stuff. And then he only breathed fire and then lasers would shoot out of his eyes and stuff. And then they had to, so they didn't, wouldn't make it too like serious. Um, cause I think at the time too, the, the studio said, Hey, if you're going to make a cartoon out about this, he, you know, if Godzilla's breathing fire, he can't breathe on anybody. Like he can't burn any people and he can't stomp on any people. So basically took away all Godzilla's fun stuff. Right. So, mm-hmm. so the, the show didn't last long. And then they had like comic relief in the form of Godzuki and Godzuki was like, his, Godzuki, <laughs> Godzuki was like his, his nephew. So it was like a little mini Godzilla and it would like, it would like try to fly and then like trip and roll around on the boat and stuff like that and, and bonk its head and stuff and because I remember there was um, when you go back to those Godzilla movies of like the 50s I think there was one that I don't know if it was called Son of Godzilla or what it was and there was like Minya or something like that was like this little baby Godzilla and it would like blow smoke rings because it couldn't blow Mm -hmm. fire and it was kind of like that and they did it for comic relief but I remember as a kid I I really enjoyed it but like I say it was more of a lighthearted kind of thing like there was adventures and stuff in it but it was obviously a lot more lighthearted than the movies I mean you think about the original Godzilla movies I mean Godzilla was basically a metaphor for the atomic bomb, you know, like this big creature destroying Japanese cities with fire. You know what I mean? Like, that's mm-hmm. what it was. And, you know, so they, they kind of made it more lighthearted. But I, I like Godzilla, so it made my list. Never seen it. Never heard of it. Um, I, I'm i not anti-Godzilla or Godzuka, Chris, but... Godzuki. Like, <laughs> Godzuki. Yeah. I mean, Godzuki. I'm yeah. sorry. Godzuki. <laughs> Yep. So yeah, you're one for one with a very obscure esoteric yep. uh, TV picks. There's so. more. Trust me. There's there's staying, more. Staying on brand in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you got for number four? On to you. All right. So number four for me is a classic. I think I've talked about this in a past episode. Um, it's Looney Tunes. Looney Tunes obviously first came out in 1960. Chris, I think you were what, like maybe 20, 25? <laughs> yeah, when it point. came out. That's right. No, no, no. Sorry, yeah. sorry. I was. Yeah. No, no. When I was 20, I was watching Battleship Potemkin. That's right. There you go. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so Looney Tunes is just one of those things that's always kind of been there where I don't think a person can pinpoint exactly when they first started watching it or what their you know the first episode they ever saw was is I just always remember being at you know in the background of my childhood. It was always one and like you said, Chris, you alluded to the fact that you know Saturday morning was for cartoons. Um, whenever I was a child, like I mentioned, we didn't really have cable. so yeah, that was the that was the time that I would watch cartoons. It's just on ba- basic network television, you know you have your four or five channels and that's what you watched. And I just remember watching Looney Tunes so much and just, all of every single main character like Bugs Bunny and Daffy and you know Yosemite Sam and the Wiley Coyote all these different characters are so iconic and they're so immediately recognizable by people who are 90 years old or 9 years old or anywhere in between and I, I just love that you know every single episode it kind of looked the same but they're they were still doing different stuff and different you know, different criteria and scenarios and different interactions between their characters. And it was just always a mainstay in my life. And I, I think it always will be. It's one of those things, too, where when you watch a show like this that is, you know, quote unquote, geared towards kids and you can sit there as an adult and watch it. And then, you know, the next thing you know, like you've been binging and watching three or four episodes on like a, you know, Cartoon Network marathon or something. It's just one of those things for me that's always had that that appeal. It's one of those, you know, it's like Major League, Chris, we've talked about if Major League's on TV, you'll just sit there and you'll watch it or, oh, yeah. you know, some of the film like that. Looney Tunes has always held that place in my heart. I'll always go back to it. I don't think it'll ever get old. Um, even as they've, they've kind of changed it, you know, it'll come off air and then they'll syndicate it and then they'll create new episodes. Um, there's always just been magic attached to it. So Looney Tunes, my number four, 
Um, and I hope they go forever. I hope this is like a Sesame Street thing where they just keep pumping out more Looney Tunes episodes. Well, good for you. I'm, gl- I'm glad that you picked Looney Tunes, especially the old ones, because uh, the, the, there might be some crossover later in the show. Let's just say that. Okay, number four for me, I'm going with another really obscure one. So this is one that ran for like 16 episodes in 1974. and then was How many can- episodes? 16 episodes in 1974 and then got canceled. But the thing was, again, I mentioned, if I take myself back to when I was seven or eight, you know, in the later 70s, um, why Watching Saturday morning cartoons, this one always, they always played this one over and over and over. And so I watched them all and I really loved it. It was called Hong Kong Fooey. There are Gen Xers out there who know exactly what I'm talking about here. So what it was, was it was this, okay, just, okay, bear with me. Okay. You gotta, you gotta hear me out. So there was this, uh, dog, right? And his name was Penry. And he basically worked at the police station as a mild mannered janitor. Okay. So he was the janitor. But then what would happen is, is when the, the things would get out of control for the cops and there'd be like really bad crime going on, he would run over into this, this like filing cabinet and jump in and then boom. And then he would come out and he would be, mm-hmm. He would now be Hong Kong Fui. So he'd have like a, um, like, like he had like this bandana around his eyes and he had like this Kung Fu, like, you know, I don't know, whatever it's called, like the outfit, you know, with the black belt. And he'd come out, woo, woo, woo. And, but the thing was, he was like really clumsy and he'd fall down and like you always get stuck. And, and then I don't know. I just really like, and the best thing was, is that it was voiced by Scatman Crothers. And Scatman Crothers, I absolutely love Scatman Crothers. And I don't know if you would know him <laughs> in any way. You'd know his voice. You, actually, you know what, Yancey? You've mentioned before on a previous show you like that movie the shining right yes okay so in the movie the shining remember the guy that takes the axe to the gut the i do bald guy that's Scatman crothers you know he's really? got that really like a really like recognizable voice and all. anyway so he did the voice of hong kong fui and I, I, I like i say i just loved hong kong fui you can find episodes on youtube because i've made my son watch them and he absolutely loves them too so it's not just me i think it's a kid thing but hong kong fui is my number four Another esoteric All right. one. Sorry. Two for two yep, of stuff go. that I've never heard of loved, before. Loved that show as a kid. Oh, man. Okay. Um, number three for me. I went back and forth on this. There's, If there were ever a time to have like 20 honorable mentions, I think it'd be for this because I just enjoy the the whole cartoon genre in general. Like, I, I, me too. I don't know why. I've, me I've too. just always liked it. And I remember reading something years and years ago where they were talking about how as big as America is, you know, it is still a relatively new country. And a lot of people don't know, but a lot of original art forms don't actually originate in the United States, at least stuff with uh, staying power. But the two uh, most widely known prolific art forms ever created purely in America are cartoons and jazz. And, you know, cartoons are still every bit as big as they were when they were first created. And, you know, they've branched off into being adult genres. There's just a lot that is keeping them going. Whereas, you know, genre or I'm sorry, jazz is more of like a a niche kind of thing. But um, so with that weird diatribe, that means nothing uh, aside. Number three for me is going to be South Park. Um, I will say this. I have not watched every single episode of South Park. I'm not the most ardent fan. Uh, There's lots of stuff about South Park that I've missed. But I will say this. I love the fact that they are never afraid to take chances and there's nothing that they won't I don't want to say make fun of because I think that kind of um, downplays the cultural significance of what South Park does. Um, yes, do they want to be entertaining and make people laugh? Sure. But they also do it in a way where they're kind of like the John Oliver of cartoons where they're trying to teach people something or they're trying to show you a different viewpoint on like really sensitive subjects that a lot of people just don't have the courage to do. And it's something I've always appreciated, whether it was, um, you know, them going after uh, religions like Scientology or Islam or you know Christianity, obviously, or Mormonism, 
or going out, you know, after just like social issues. And they've never been afraid to tackle anything. Like we've mentioned before, you know, the Terry Shiva episode where they were talking about um, the paraplegic, the, the woman who was paralyzed, whatever, in the episode. Uh, that that won an Emmy. You know, like people gravitated towards that. They held on to that because, like I said, it is disguised as like this vulgar, you know, like a, adult male humor that, you know, almost seems like it has zero redeeming qualities. But in actuality, it's a really good gauge of kind of like our, our cultural zeitgeist as a whole. And like I said, I just love that they've always taken chances and they've always used very, very minimal animation. They've done all the stuff themselves. It's the same people that have been there you know, since the beginning of time as far as the writers and the producers and the designers. Everything is the same. And despite that, it's still fresh. I still look forward to watching episodes. And I think it's another you know, show that I just hope stays around forever. And that's South Park, my number three. Oh, man, I tell you, that is a good one. You know, and the thing is, too, is so, I love South Park. If you go back and watch the original episode, the very first episode, Cartman gets an anal probe. It's really what they were trying to do was make, a you know, a couple of eight-year-olds just, you know, um, talk rude. You know what I mean? And just kind of be as crude and vulgar as possible. And that's all it was. But then it slowly started to morph and it kind of got there, you know, kind of by the end of season one. But by even like season four, it was in full stride. It was total social commentary. And mm-hmm. you're right. I like nobody else does it better. They they are able to do something in about a 30 second span or less that would take some people like, you know, a 30 page, you know, essay to explain yep. and to get it out they're unbelievably spot on like you said they're they're bold they'll go where other people won't go but the thing that I love about it is they have a formula to it right and the formula is always the same these kids are caught in the middle of a certain situation whatever the you know the thing is yeah like you said like whether it's you know Terry Schiavo episode or you know whatever it's whatever the episode is the condom use or things like that and it's all there. they always look at it from the perspective the, the adults get involved and the adults always have unbelievably extreme takes on things like an extreme mm. one way and an extreme the other way and these kids are caught in the middle and the kids usually kind of ground the whole thing back and then look at it that way and you realize like, yep. it doesn't have to be in extremes there can be a middle ground and i think that message is more important today in your country than ever before so i think it, that south park is, is is as relevant as it's ever been and and i think they they've always had a lot to say those guys are really talented when you think about like i say what they did on their first episode compared to where they are now, unbelievable. And if you ever have the chance to see Yancey, I don't know if, you, if it's ever come to your neck of the woods. If you've ever been be able to see the, if, if you don't, you know, obviously you know how talented that uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone are. But um, if you ever get a chance to see Book of Mormon, oh my goodness. Oh, my, it is so phenomenal. It was one of the best times I've ever had in a the theater. Like it was just so, so, like in live theater. It was so, those guys are so talented. Their songs, the commentary, the way it's done, unbelievable. That's a good one. I like that one. So good on you. You're number three. My number three, I'm going a totally different way. Okay. Let me just set this up a little bit. So as you know, The Simpsons, you mentioned The Simpsons, and I'm sure you will again. Um, the, yes. Simpson, the Simpsons obviously started as a little kind of segment on The Tracy Ullman Show. Okay. And then they got spun off and they yep. got their own show. Um, going way back... Uh, back into the, like the the early early seventies, uh, there was a show called Love American Style, and they you know they did like this you know it was kind of like a love boaty kind of show, and they did a small segment that was animated, and then it got its own show. Now this show only ran from seventy two to seventy four, but it always played again in like on like Saturday afternoons and stuff like that. And Gen Xers will know this when I say this. It's called Wait Till Your Father Gets Home. 
and it was like the thing was it had to do with like like a family right and so there was the there was the dad and then there was the mom and then they had the three kids and the dad was um was voiced by Tom Bosley who then later went on to be in Happy Days and play Mr. Cunningham but before that you know he did this show and it's, I'm not going to get into it too much. Gen Xers know exactly what I'm talking about. And they're like, oh, yeah, I remember that show. I love that show. And it's really kind of hard to explain because it's something you have to watch. Uh, but the idea is that, again, there's this family and all the things that go on. And, like, the, the theme song kind of says it all. The theme song says it all. If you get a chance, YouTube, go to YouTube, Yancey, and, uh, and, and, and look up Wait Till Your Father Gets Home intro. And just watch it. And it's just like, I love my mom and dad and my brother too. The groovy way we get along. It's all super 70s, but <laughs> it's so hard to explain. It sounds crazy uh, because he's like this conservative dad and they got these kind of like like hippy dippy son and stuff. But, uh, but wait till your father gets home. That's all I'm going to say. It's hmm. awesome. That's my number three. You know what I think is really interesting, Chris? Yes. Just how often you're able to like work in singing <laughs> like, like you, you, you sang in probably ten different episodes, oh, at least probably. just a little yeah. bit. Yeah, exactly. All right, so uh, number three for me. Um, it, no, it's kind no, of number two. You're number two now. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, number two. Uh, number two for me is going to be uh, Peanuts. And oh, let me, okay, okay, because it's not a regular series. So it's much, right? not. It's uh, so I'm talking about peanuts specials right the special oh they're so good um because if you add up like total watches i mean i watch peanuts every single year i'll watch the christmas one i will watch uh you know you're a pumpkin i every single one has always like made its way (laughs) you're like that's that's of course my favorite one of all time you're a pumpkin charlie brown yeah it's just (laughs) the great um i mean who hasn't seen peanuts chris i don't really know how to like dissect it but they're so wholesome which is you know it's it's kind of a digression from the other shows that i just mentioned this one is just like man peanuts just makes me feel good and watching these especially like with family um it's just beautiful and i've you know i've always been a personal fan one year uh it was like i think the first or second year that malik and i uh bought our home and i told my mom i'm like yeah you know we just have so much stuff going on whatever we didn't even buy a tree right and to my mom you know who loves christmas and worships christmas more than anything in the entire world you know she she'll leave her christmas tree up year round if it were socially acceptable she loves christmas um you know she bought me the little uh charlie brown christmas tree that you know lit up and it, it played the theme song and um it's just you know so i would have like a little tabletop or christmas tree it was like the it sounds really dorky me telling this but it was just one of those things where it's like everybody loves charlie brown and i i, I just feel like it's man i don't know it's it's like rudolph to me it's like maybe not the best overall as far as like creativity goes but just such a wholesome like family message and like it teaches you things the characters i mean they're just as iconic as some of the other shows that we've mentioned maybe not your shows because literally nobody's ever heard of them before um <laughs> but but the peanut specials are just beautiful and i i i fought back and forth whether to make this an honorable mention or throw in some of my other shows as honorable mentions like uh, bob's burgers or king of the hill um but i just had to give it love because i mean i, I watch every single special for every single holiday every single year and that's just a tradition of mine that you know of my family's too that i just want to hold on to i want to give them a little bit of a, a little bit of props it's just i don't know it's just amazing I, i'm sure you've seen them a million times oh yeah do your boys like have any sort of connection with the franchise at all is it something yeah you yeah i mean we may you know they watch them as well and they love them all one of my favorite things about the the peanuts uh movies or the specials that they used to have was i loved it whenever like it was always from a kid's point of view so whenever yeah. the adults would talk like if the teacher would talk it would always be like and it would they would you couldn't hear their voice because it was like kids just wouldn't understand you know they wouldn't relate to it in any way or something you know so it was just mm-hmm. they were, I don't know I thought that was kind of a neat thing and I, I do agree with you they, were, they always had a big heart 
in it, no matter what, you know, especially with the, the, the tree and all that kind of stuff. It's good. It is, it's pretty good. No, that's a good one. I like that one. So, um, okay. So my number two, okay. Going back again to the seventies, Saturday morning cartoons. Um, I, and this one has been besmirched a little bit because of what has gone on with this, uh, this comedian's, um, uh, personal life, let's just say. But way back in the day, Bill Cosby used to be, you know, you know, everybody liked Bill Cosby and he was wholesome, believe it or not, at one point. And, um, and he did a show and, and it was, um, Fat Albert and, and Fat Albert, man, I'm telling you, in its heyday, I loved it. So I don't know if you've ever had a chance to watch. It. I'm not talking about that crappy movie with like whatever that guy, that guy from Saturday Night Live, not that stupid thing, but like the, actual animated show from the 70s so these it's you know this gang you know the fat albert and the cosby kids and they they grew up in the ghetto and they have no money and so they just hang around the junkyard and then they build like instruments out of stuff and then they, they play and then and the characters in it are so good bill cosby did a lot of the voices not all of them he did some of the voices he did like fat albert and stuff and then one of my favorites too was mushmouth was one of the guys and he just I don't know he just talked weird so he'd be like haba hooba hooba waba heba haba hooba waba and I'm like, I'm like okay no one understood what he, no one understood what Mushmouth ever said it's like okay and uh, I don't know so it was really really good but again at the end it was all these like the things that happened it was a lot of social commentary in there about what it was like to grow up in the ghetto you know in back in the 60s and 70s mm-hmm. and uh, and it was really good I really really enjoyed it like I say it, it, since then it's been kind of besmirched uh, because of Cosby obviously and you know what's what he what's going on with his you know his personal life but uh, but you know I still can't let it uh, you know affect the memories that I have of that show from when I was a kid so it's right up there man I love Fat Albert I've I have seen a few episodes um, just like they were put on like when I was in school or something like if you had a substitute teacher that was in like the uh, the rotation of like you know family approved movies that a, a substitute teacher would play for us so I've seen a few I, I mean what do I you couldn't think? name any of the characters or anything right. like that but what do you think um, like what was your takeaway I mean you can't really remember a lot about it but do, do you have like any takeaways that you thought oh that was dumb or that was good or like that was you know um I, I think a lot of the accents were like really like kind of overplayed a little bit I think yeah I mean I don't know um I don't really have any particular like strong take on it but I mean I don't hate it I, I've maybe it's something I should go back to I don't know if it's available in any like streaming services or anything like that but um I think there's some on YouTube I've had uh, my son watch a couple on YouTube and he enjoyed them too so Okay, fair enough. At least I've heard of one, Chris, so we're, we're actually getting some. All right, it's all good. Okay, I, I figured the first three, like I said, there's no way you've ever heard of them, but uh, mm-hmm. Fat Albert for sure. Okay, so what's your number one? So my number one is going to be The Simpsons. Uh, for most of my childhood, this was my favorite TV show, and it was appointment viewing. And you alluded to earlier in the show when we talked about it with like Saturday uh, morning cartoons. It was always like the Fox uh, lineup for like Sunday night where you would have like multiple animated shows and stuff after like football games you know the last football game would play and then you would you could watch The Simpsons and King of the Hill or Family Guy all those shows that's like that was like another tradition just like watching Cops was on Saturday night right so um, The Simpsons have been around forever obviously everybody knows this I don't have to like explain what The Simpsons are but um, there's just so many amazing moments in it and the fact that like it's it's just centered out of family and you know depending on the seasons they've they've done a lot of stuff you know on just Bart or just Homer they've done them on Marge and Maggie I mean all of the the Treehouse of Horror every single Halloween special is just incredible all these characters they've managed to develop them to where if you watch all of them over the course of years and years and years you know however many hundreds of episodes like you actually get a really good sense of who each of these individual even like one-off characters or, or characters that you rarely see or are rarely featured on you know they do so many different things to build details and kind of build this world around Springfield that 
Um, it, man, it's just such a an, an incredible show, such a, a dearth of. Is when when I say dearth, does that mean that there's a lack or that there's a lot of? I feel like I'm getting that word wrong. But there's a lot of content. There's a lot of like really really interesting um, issues that they talk about. Talk about guests. How many people they've had on the show? I mean, it's basically been everybody from you know presidents and, and actresses to like Stephen Hawking made his made an appearance on the show. And, you know, they they've had crossover episodes where you know different animated shows would come into it. The the writing in itself, I don't think it's been as sharp the last couple of years, just because Matt Groening has wanted to be kind of out of it. I think for a long time. And at this point, um, you know, some of the episodes are kind of throwaways. To be honest with you, um, it's kind of lost its spot as far as you know appointment viewing for me. Like, I if I miss a Simpsons episode, I'm kind of okay with it now which you know kind of breaks my heart saying it out loud but to admit that i guess you know it does kind of hurt but the show was always there and it's just i i don't know man i i love ned flanders i love homer i love every single character in this and the fact that it's all these different characters voiced by like five different people you know like hank azaria plays how many different parts in the seat you know in the entire series it's just a magical show and i I don't know, Chris, if you had to take a guess, like, do you think it's going to be around in five years? Will they still be creating new episodes or will it eventually come to an end? Like, I don't know. I well, know. you know, I I wouldn't root against it, I guess, at this point, um, mainly because it's lasted so long. And it's one of those things that, you know, when it was in its Haiti, and I remember like watching it like in the early 90s and, and just in the mid 90s and going, man, this show is great. Like, I mean, it's great, but I mean, it can't last forever. Like, how long can they keep doing these for? And they just keep churning them out, you know? So, mm-hmm. I mean, I would root against it at this point it's been around forever and the thing yeah. was it you know it's gone through different incarnations as you mentioned like like i remember i remember some of the early ones like so i i always think back to some of the early stuff like um uh, conan o'brien wrote one that was the the monorail and that one always just stands out to me as one of the one of the great episodes you know um so that one was good and then you know when when some of the, the creative people kind of changed in and out i remember when they brought in ian maxstone graham and and i was a big fan of ian maxstone graham when he was with uh, national lampoon when i was in university mm-hmm. i loved national lampoon it was more of a 70s holdover but i was a big fan and he was the um he was the editor there actually and i used to read it a lot and then when they brought him on board i thought oh man this might get a little bit too edgy it might just go a little too far but the one thing that simpsons has never lost is its heart it actually has a big heart that show and yep. at the end, at the end, and I'm always t- taken back to the episode when he wants to quit his job and follow up his dream of being a pin monkey. And, uh, he wants to work at the bowling alley and put the pins <laughs> up. And that's what he wants to do. And so he quits his job and then yep. he, then he realizes that, uh, Marge is pregnant and he's got to go back and crawl back and, and beg for his job back. And he's got all the, um, the, 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 the pictures on the wall and they, and they come and then, and I think Mr. Burns puts up a thing and says, don't forget you will be here forever. And he takes all the pictures of Maggie and, and puts them up and covers up all the letters so that it says, um, do it for her. And wow. it's got a, he's a big heart. I like that show a lot. That's a good yeah. one, man. That's a good one. Um, okay. So my number one is actually, we're having some crossover here. You mentioned it earlier and that's Looney Tunes. That has been a constant throughout my life. There's probably been about, oh, maybe three constants in my life. And by that, I mean things that I loved as a kid and I still love, love, love as an adult. And I think it's Bugs Bunny, probably ice cream sandwiches and fish sticks. These are, these are three things <laughs> that I don't know, totally random things. Those are three things that I just, I've loved when I was a kid and I still love as an adult. Go figure. Um, but, but Looney Tunes, like Bugs Bunny, man, oh man, oh man. It started way back in the thirties, right? But it was really in its heyday in the fifties. And some of those episodes, like what other cartoon show can you watch as a kid and be mesmerized have you do you remember the barber of seville episode where 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 bugs is like massaging uh, elmer fudd's head and it's all done to opera music and he's in the like 
what yes what? and his like skin is like like super loose yeah, and, like, yeah it's very elastic and but, yeah. but it's all done to like opera music and he throws him into the cake that says um um marriage of figaro and stuff like like yeah that's hard to believe that a kid would be you know you know entertained by that you know or like sit through that but i was mesmerized by it and a lot of the other characters the thing is though i remember it, in the 70s they started coming out with some new ones and they introduced some new characters like uh, like speedy gonzalez and stuff like that and they weren't as good they just weren't as good. It was the older ones that you, and you could watch them over and over and over again. And, you know, and we did as kids, the Looney, Looney Tunes is my number one right up there. Like I say, as one of the things in my life that I loved as a kid, still love as an adult. So it definitely makes my number one. So that's my list. So very, very nice. a little bit of crossover. So you heard of two of mine, three of them that you never, ever, ever knew what, what the hell they were or what, the, you know, what was mm-hmm. the deal. But anyway, um, I thought now we would, uh, we would maybe play a little game of fun with Yancey. Okay, so I'm going to do something a little bit different for you this week. One of the shows that I'm surprised that you didn't mention. Actually, there's two that I'm a little surprised didn't make your list. Number one was Animaniacs. I thought that you would definitely get into that. Um, that wasn't my honorable mention. Yeah, yeah, so I thought that would that would have made the top. But anyway, and the other one to me was I thought was Pokemon. Now I know Pokemon is you like it maybe more <laughs> as a as a game, you know, to play right uh-huh. as a video game. But I think that you yep. you've mentioned before you liked watching the cartoon, right? I mean, you were into okay. It as a kid. Yeah, my love my love for the actual game itself was spurred because I was watching the shows. That's the show thought, was yeah. the magic was. Yeah, to be honest I, really with you, like, I had a list of maybe like a working list of like 10 to 15 names and I feel like I've already talked about Pokemon so much. Like, I don't know if we need to get over this. It's like, I, I keep talking about the Matrix just like you keep talking about like the fish that's in Pittsburgh or whatever that movie is called. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you and I, we have like our things, like we each have like a dozen things that we, we constantly reference over and over again and maybe that's a little disingenuous of me to like not mention that just because I felt like Pokemon fatigue but Pokemon is probably like second or third as far as what I spent the most time on what I got the most enjoyment out of like how it linked my brother and I together like at a time whenever he and I were really close in age and we used to fight all the time like I really should have put Pokemon on the list if it were a top six I probably would have but you do know me pretty well because that was Pokemon was honestly a very big part of my life for a long time as dorky as that sounds well I know again so I know that you I know you and I know how much that you love Pokemon so I thought that I would do this I'm gonna play a little game with you right now that's called Pokemon (laughs) or drug and, and here's what I'm going to do I'm going to I'm going to give you a name and you have to tell me if it's a Pokemon or if it's an actual medical drug okay okay are you if ready we were to- if we were talking about just the original Pokemon I would nail this but they have since added so many generations of Pokemon so this this game might actually be more interesting than than people might imagine so let's do it all right here we go so again remember you got to just I'll, I'll give you a name you just say if it's a Pokemon or a drug okay okay here's the first one Crestor is Crestor um, a Pokemon or a drug? No Googling. I think it's a drug. It is. It's for high cholesterol. Okay. Okay. Uh, Carnitor. <laughs> oh, my God. Is Carnitor oh. a Pokemon or a drug? It sounds like a Pokemon. It's not. Uh, sorry. It's a dietary supplement, actually. Carnitor? Carnitor is a dietary <laughs> supplement. Okay. Uh, here's one. Absol. Is Absol a drug or a Pokemon? Um, a drug. No, it's a third generation dark Pokemon. I'm I'm very disappointed. <laughs> How about Centret? Centret is Centret. That is a Pokemon. That, that is yeah, a, that is a, a new. Yep. I have caught that Pokemon in real life. Very, very, very good. Okay, what about Volterran? Is Volterran a drug, or is it a Pokemon? Okay, so I know there's a Voltorb. I'm gonna say that's a Pokemon. I'm gonna say that's the evolved form of Voltorb. <laughs> No, it's an analgesic. Sorry. 
<laughs> okay, Grudon. Is Grudon a drug or a Pokemon? I'll say Pokemon. Yeah, it is. It's a third generation down Pokemon. Okay. So, uh, Meetang. Is Meetang a Pokemon or a drug? Pokemon. It is. It is a third generation Steel Psychic. Very good. And what about Azuril? <laughs> Azuril. Is Azuril something you, you would take as a drug or is Azuril yes. a Pokemon? Azuril. Um... A drug. No, it's a third generation normal Pokemon. <laughs> I really thought you would get that one. And what about Roserem? Roserem. Is Roserem a drug or a Pokemon? It sounds That's pretty- a Pokemon. Uh, no, it's for sleep. I'm sorry. Some of these are really, really tough. As you, you can- Chris, <laughs> I, I will give you an A plus for creativity. I was not expecting this for trivia tonight. <laughs> I, we, we never mentioned what we're going to do for each other for trivia, so I thought I'd do something totally different. I just remember that you love Pokemon, so I thought this might be kind of an interesting way to kind of have some fun with you. So, you know, Well done. Yeah, I'm glad that you liked it. You, did, you, you didn't get very many either. That's tough. Would I get one? Did I get one? No, I think you got two or two or three. So it's all good. <laughs> but I mean, the thing is, like, even if you love Pokemon, it's hard to tell. Is it a drug or Pokemon? It's not that easy, is it? So there you go. So uh, anyway, so hopefully that was a little bit of fun. Listen, so so like I mentioned at kind of the top of the show, we uh, we had mentioned that we were going to do uh, Interstellar. So we're going to come back next week. We're going to watch Interstellar. Uh, you know, I'm going to, you've obviously seen it a zillion times. I got to give you my take on it. Next week, we're going to do um, uh, a movie review of Interstellar. Uh, but uh, in the meantime, this is a lot of fun to do. I hope you enjoyed yourself tonight, Yancey. I did. Again, A plus for creativity. Fun show as always. And, oh, that's uh, always a good time. Let's talk Interstellar next week, assuming that this upcoming hurricane does not take yeah. you know wipe me off the face of the earth. Yes, please. I've been seeing that in the news. Hopefully everything's going to be good and be safe in the meantime. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Take care of yourself down there in Florida, and hopefully everything's going to work out okay. All right? Uh, until yep. then, this is Chris McBrien for Yancey Eden saying thanks for listening to Pop Goes Your World, the pop culture podcast for the generations. Thank you for listening to the Pop Goes Your World podcast. Continue the conversation on Twitter at C. McBrien or at Yancey Eaton. Please consider leaving a review for the podcast on iTunes or wherever you download and listen to the show. Music.